Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email. Uh, my guest today is a gent I have been hoping to talk to for a long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fanboy on him, Tyler okay. Sully Sullivan, best known probably as founder of BombTech Golf. Sully, welcome. Glad to be here. It's, uh, it's kind of cool. So here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fanboy and embarrass you right out of the gate. Uh, oh, for, wow. For those of you listening, I am holding up a BombTech driver on somehow over a year ago, early on for the future of email, there was like a shot at getting this guy named Sully Sullivan as a guest on, on the podcast. And I went, bomb tech golf, not heard of them. Clickety, clickety, click. Holy crap, cow, that looks great. My entire bag is your stuff now, man. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. And, you know, my buddies are like, those clubs are really great. Yeah, they're absolutely really great. I actually busted my BombTech 2 driver, which, oh, no. yeah, yeah, I popped the head like wide open at the driving range. I'm like, ah, she served me well. Did I you up or what? What's that? Did you email the team? I, I did, but you know, it'd been over a year and I had, I had worked the bejeepers out of, out of the, out of her. So I thought, eh, uh, you know, fair is fair. I probably did something really dumb when I swung it, but we're going to talk about email, but I just had to put that in there because the context, the context in terms of what you've done, I mean, you, you built, founded, sold BombTech Golf, and now you're heavily in call, involved in e-com growers, uh, essentially yep. an agency, right? Yep. So we work, it was, it was very organic. So I started BombTech 2012. I mean, I feel like the oldest guy in e-com now. It's like everyone yeah. I've talked to is younger than me, but, it, but at the time I was, you know, it was not what it is now 2012 there wasn't really shopify wasn't really a yeah. thing yeah email was a lot more complicated i think we we're on mailchimp or constant yeah. contact and you know i started that just because i love golf and i was competing in the home run derby of golf world long drive and it was a crazy journey of just like purely curiosity of like how do you make a club can i design one that's better and i worked at my local college where i barely graduated and work with, you know, engineering <laughs> students. And it just, it was a pure, no expectations. I love this. That's what I do every day. And I happened to make a really good product and luckily had good timing. Because 2012, yeah. 13, Facebook ads were barely starting. And we could put in a dollar and get six back. And because we were like one of the few small, really only small brand trying to compete, and with really good products at a good price, it just kind of, kind of all happened. And I, I say that as I was working 20 hours a day, seven yeah, days yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. It's a newborn. So, I mean, it, there was a lot of hard times and not to go too deep in the story, but I think the real reason I made it successful is it was November. This has got to be 12, 13 years now of when I got fired from my day job. So mm -hmm. I was... um BombTech was a side hustle. It was going decent, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a full-time income. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there was a lot of cash flow when you're manufacturing products, which I didn't really understand. And my wife just became pregnant and my boss brings me into his office. He's like, we need a talk. I'm like, what do you want to talk about? He's like, uh, today's your last day and your last paycheck's last week. And I'm like, wow, what, what did I do? Or what didn't I do? And I was in sales and, uh, I go sit, I go, what's my job? 
He goes to sell. I go, what are sales? He goes, they're up a hundred percent or whatever. And I go, well, you're going to pay me my commissions, a one month severance, or you can physically try to remove it. <laughs> so then he, so they ended up paying me, um, all that extra money. Cause I was like, but it was shocking. Um, and that was the kick in the ass I needed to take it from a side hustle and the pressure of a newborn to kind of make it happen. And I mean, a lot has happened in 12 years, but sure, sure, um, sure. ended up exiting in 2022. Yeah. And to backtrack a little bit, not to go too crazy, but I had started an agency with my first employee and one of the engineers that engineered our golf club in 2016, which is e-com growers. And that's like what I'm working on now, post-exit, post-employment, where we just help other e-com brands exactly like my own brand. Mm-hmm. Do what we did, which was email. And I call it more of a conversational authentic yeah. email style, yes. which yes. is kind of, that's how I always looked at it. Like your customer, we always tried to like, just have real conversations one-to-one mm-hmm. as if you're the only customer and ask your real feedback. And mm-hmm. like, we, we would ask like, Hey, if I have a 64 degree wedge and a chipper coming out, I would think in my mind, 64 is going to do better, but I tell you what, I was always wrong. So I would ask my email list and say, Hey guys, what do you, which one should we launch? Yeah. Just reply back a for the 64 B for the chipper. Yeah. Be like 97% would vote for the, the club. I didn't think that would do well. Right. Right. But that would help us figure out what to launch. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's micro feedbacks. And then we do like a launch of only 500 units. Yeah. If we sold through those within a day, said, all right, that's going to work. Let's order 20,000. So yeah. just like. And that was how email became a big thing for us. And when we did a launch, it was just, you know, we, every launch was over six figures, um, uh-huh. because of email Yeah, and we had real conversations with them, not just blasting yes. bullshit newsletters that are just overly designed. There's a lot of plain text and it was all, it was all authentic or organic. It wasn't like anything. We weren't trying to market it. We we're just doing it because it was what we thought we'd want to learn from our customers. I knew this would be a masterclass because I've been on on the bomb tech list for a couple of years. But let's unpack a couple of things that you just yeah, a lot there, right? <laughs> right, a lot there. No, it's wonderful. I, I I would say it, and I would have said this at a distance on a guess, and I'm delighted to be right that what you said in about sentence number two in there was was really critical. In the whole thing. You clearly love this. Hundred percent. Yeah, this was. Yeah, I mean, bomb tech was. A labor of love. I'd I'd sell one club. Right. So it's just like, I was just doing it no matter what happened. And it just. Yeah. 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 Work hard enough. Things sometimes work out, you know? Well, working hard, certainly a big piece of the formula, but there are people who work hard, who don't care about what they do and they're not going to last the 12 years. Second one, you had two newborns on your hands. That's a mighty big, right? That's a mighty big thing to, to juggle. Um, I, I wanted to say this explicitly because not everybody who's listening or watching may, you know, maybe a golfer, maybe on the bomb tech list, may have, you know, bought, bought the clubs or something like that. But having watched the email program and the email cadence from bomb tech over a couple of years, like probably two years at this point, I've actually referenced, I've referenced the company and the email strategy multiple times in past conversations on this podcast. Because of what you just said about it. It's like, it's a conversation about a, a topic that we both care about, which is a great game golf. And it never comes off as bullshit. never comes off as salesy. 
it's very good sales cadence. I would click on the link and and you know go look at the the set of wedges and like mm, probably don't really and you know what next day hey you still thinking about those wedges because they're blah blah they're great I'm like that was deft that was really deft dang it uh, okay yes <laughs> but but the root like the shared root of it which maybe maybe isn't as accessible to all businesses but the shared root of it is. You know, I'm investing in trying to get better at this lifelong game and clearly every, you and everybody at the company, same Jones, right? Same Jones, which is cool. And the Jones that's in the clubs, like the work that goes into the design. You're an engineer, correct? Originally. Uh, I was a business based. So I, I use okay. the uh, UVM engineering program, mm. which I applied to. It's a capstone project yeah. where you get to where the group of students and the faculty yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a year. And that was the... That's how we got into it with the dual cavity driver and the wind wind tunnel just, studies, essentially. Yeah. So they did wind tunnel tests and, you know, we worked with the manufacturer and that was what, how we were able to come out with a product. And from there, it was a lot of iterating off customer feedback, which was mm -hmm. pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So we would like make version one and because we were hundred percent direct, we yes. got real feedback. Yes. So we'd get all these reviews. Like I think we have, I mean, I sold it now, but 21,000 reviews or something. Yeah. So when you get that many reviews, you can see a pattern, right? So like, let's say version yeah. two of the driver, 80% said the shaft was a little whippy. Mm -hmm. So we would, we would tighten it up by five CPMs, like the measurement yeah. of torque. And then, you know, let's say they said, I'm hitting a little fade. Okay, we'll, we'll close it down a half degree more. So we was like, micro improvements off our direct customer. Yes. That was like the easiest way to have a non-engineer be in a very engineered product environment and actually make products for you guys and actually have a better outcome. So it was, it was kind of like, oh, I kind of oversimplified things because yeah. we had the fortunate thing of having so many customers that would leave reviews and we were able to access them direct with email, which became the direct feedback loop for, you know, a new product, a new product launch, a new design iteration. So it was kind of, didn't start out that way, but I think there's so much engineering and over design in, in every industry. Mm -hmm. It's like you gotta get to market with something great and then let your customers help improve and almost build the company together. And that was my mindset with email. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, okay. I forget when it turned, but I was like, you know what? It's not me. It's 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 the list and customers. Let's just talk to them. You know, and like we're not gonna do everything they say. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff we had in conversations was gold, and I think me doing customer service for the first two yeah. years, yeah, and building every club myself, wow. I would hand assemble every club in my basement. I mean, this was newborn upstairs, eleven hundred square foot assembly shop where I'm chopping shafts, epoxy, not the healthiest time of my life, and um, but I had such an intimate you know, knowledge of the customers. I talked yeah. to them for two years on the phone and email before yeah. I was willing to give it up yeah. and hand it off to my other employees. And that was really, I know I'm derailing a little bit, but I only had two in-house employees and they they did customer service. Yeah. So the, the, the only roles we had in-house were the guys, and they've been with me for a long time, that would answer the phone and do emails because that was how important customers were. Whereas everyone else, the first thing they do is they outsource that. Right. And I'm like, we're going to spend more and only have that in-house. So it was kind of, and again, I didn't go with it of like, this will separate us. I was just like, this is what's right. Mm -hmm. So I think when you have 
I don't know, this clarity of just do what the customer would want because I was the customer. Mm-hmm. Everything easy, you know, yeah. or not easy, but like there wasn't a lot of thought of let's save a penny here. Let's just do what the customer wants and it'll work out. And the word of mouth is just was crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, you, yeah, you were, you word of mouth, which you, you know, arguably earned. Um, there's a tech company, I guess you call them a tech company out of Toronto called FreshBooks. They're pretty big now. Uh, uh, web-based invoicing system. And I think it's going to accounting and stuff. I've been a FreshBooks user for oh, 12 years at least. And, and I remember reading that as they started to grow, there's, they kept this cadence where when you got hired for anything, VP of finance or whatever, the first thing you did was like 90 days on the phones, customer service. Right. Like, that's really smart. That's <laughs> really, really it's simple, smart. but it's a huge impact. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. where you learn everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, is, it is a huge impact. Um, would it be fair to call the model for, for bomb tech? We'll come back to ecom growers for bomb tech. It, 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 it's a DTC, a direct to consumer play. You don't have pros, you don't have retail in shops, et cetera, et cetera. You had this passionate audience that you could reach directly on, as you said, Facebook ads, website, and so on, and then turn it into a two-way channel primarily with email, right? Yeah, 100% D2C. I mean, the reality was is that retail didn't want us. You know, we, we didn't, it, it was twofold. It was like, number one, we want to sell direct. Number two, to get the prices where yeah. we could have superior, we could have great performance. That was never an issue. But to get through, you know, it's a very difficult industry to get into. Yeah. So our prices had to be fantastic. And we still had great margins, but it just, it, it was an almost, I wouldn't say an impulse buy, but it's priced competitively enough where, it, you know, you don't have to think about it too much. Yeah. And uh, it, it made selling direct just the formula worked. So it was just one of those things. And then emails, as the list got bigger and yeah. bigger after a decade, that's really the asset, you know? So when I sold the company, right. you know, they're not just selling our current, I mean, they did buy it based off EBITDA, but the email list, you know, cause what happens if Facebook ads or Google ads becomes yep. not, yep. You know, the return ad spend goes to hell. You still have an email list that is, helps prop those numbers up. And as you scale, that's really a lot of your profit comes from that. So it was just. Again, it wasn't intentional. We're all going to go direct, but would we want to sell at a certain price and have so much value? That was the only way to do it. And, and going retail for at least that company just didn't make sense. So it was uh, a good time and just, it was cool. Yeah. Well, and, and you described it, but I think it's worth recapping in terms of email. Like you, 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 you caught the wave and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to say it was luck. Like you worked at it. You, you, you kind of caught the wave of, the maturing of the uh, infrastructure and systems that make DTC businesses possible, including the email systems. If if, uh, if I'm not missing a bet, Shopify, Clavio on the back end now? So we switched over to those, but I mean, it was funny. Back then, I remember when we switched to Clavio, I remember why we did it. It was like 2015, yeah. 16. Yeah. And it's because we could not uh, segment out on whatever we were on now, I think we were, we've been like through five platforms. Yes. But so what I would write in the email was like, it was comical. So we do a sale for like the driver or whatever. And I'd say, what would I say? It says like, sorry, if you bought it the other 
full price, you can't use this coupon. Right. Or right. something. It was like too bad. And people were like, give me the refund. So it, there was no way to segment out. You could never run a yeah. Yeah. deal yeah. to anyone. So it made it almost impossible. And yeah. so when we could segment out, I was like, oh my God, we could segment out people that already bought and then show a discount to someone that yes. hasn't bought. Yes. And that alone was a game yes. changer. And then, you know, it's matured and, you know, you got the flows and segmentation. All that stuff. Yeah. But when you have a hard good, you got to understand guys may buy drivers once every three to five years. Yeah. So it's, it's really tough to like, if you're a consumable and you send an email that says, Hey, this driver's awesome. 297. Two days later, you're like, Hey, we have a Labor Day sale. It's 197. When they only have that one purchase, it's a bigger deal versus a consumable. They're like, hey, I'll just get another yeah, whatever, uh, yeah. another thing of golf balls or makeup or whatever. So it's like the segmentation key when you're selling a hard good that is not consumable or, or replenishable is a much bigger thing. So that yeah. was super powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 if you haven't played with the if you haven't played with the levers and knobs that Sully's talking about, the switch to Clavio was conceptually and fundamentally your e-com system and customer history talking to your email system instead of them yeah. being separate buckets where you couldn't, as you said, go, wait a minute, this guy just bought this yesterday. I do not want to tell him about the sale and, st and, right. and, and, and so on. Um, the other thing I particularly appreciate about what you guys did, and I'm guessing this is part of the philosophy at e-com growers, was Remember that email's a two-way medium, not a broadcast medium. It's it's funny, yeah. So that's like it's really interesting. I think the unique advantage we have at the agency is that Chris was my first employee, yeah, at Bob Tech, and like he also engineered one of the golf clubs, and so well, like he was he was the and still is the most unique, hardworking person ever. I mean, he was like twenty-two, and he'd be messaging me at like two in the morning, leaving the bars. He's like, did you see how many sales we have right now? I'm like, dude, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> so he was just so, so passionate and hardcore yeah. about it. Yeah. And it was the best employee I could ever have, especially as my first one. That in 2016, Flavio did a case study on BombTech, our crazy, we had like 48% of revenue from email. They did a case study. And then the people started, the other DTC brands started reaching out to me. Like, mm -hmm. hey, dude, that's awesome. Can you help me? I'm like, no. <laughs> and they're like, and then Chris, who was doing all my email, and this has been, I don't know how many years he's been working. He's like, do you mind if I help them? I go, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, like on the side. And I go, as long as it doesn't affect your day job, go ahead. So he went out and closed three of these leads. And we started talking and I'm like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, well, be cool if I could make this a big thing and, and whatever. And I said, well, let's make a business plan together of yeah. how you can exit bomb tech start your own business and make more money than i could ever pay you and that's what we did and he ended up you know i think we had peak we had 40 something clients we hovered around 38 35 and he really runs that company but we're 50 50 partners and that's how he went from my first employee yeah and he's still super young just had his first kid so now he's been running his own company for the last six seven years wow. and has been making I don't know, five, 10 X, what I could ever pay him yeah. uh, doing his own thing. And I'm still a part of it. So it's kind of, it's all been hard work and then organic things of moments of traction where it's like, okay, people are asking me for help. I don't want to help them. 
he wanted help. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like, hey, let's go start an email agency because I've sent an email before. It was like, people want help. We know how to do it. So that's how he operates is from an e inside an e-commerce brand mentality, which is like very rare. Most agencies yes. have never been in an agent, in an e-com brand themselves or actually part of a founding, yeah. founding the company. So it's just, that's why we're different over there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he grew up in e-com from what you just said, like literally, he, he, professionally. Literally. So he's... I, I can't believe he did not quit because, you know, I was a uh, interesting boss, but he, he, he learned a lot and we worked <laughs> side by side. So he, good on him for not quitting. But um, anyways. Yeah. Um, and the hard goods, you, you, you touched on it, but the hard goods, not digital goods uh, basis for, for that business. Yeah. It's easy to get a false economy spun up in things like SaaS because, you know, you're selling bits and bytes. It's an oddly fungible thing. Like you can have margins of 98% and people will go, yeah, no problem. Where do I, you know, where do I pay? That's a very false economy in some ways. Yeah. But when you're shipping clubs, a little different. Yeah. <laughs> do you... uh Switch gears for a sec, uh, you know, talking to the guy who's, who's dealing with the rigors of, uh-oh, I did it. <laughs> now what? Um, you still take her with club design? Uh, for what I'm doing now? Yeah. No, so I have a non-compete in golf. So okay. I, I, I'm out of golf. I just finished my transition period. So I was working as a, you know, I was still the face of the company. That's general manager of the company until August. So uh -huh. now I'm fully disconnected, which feels really weird because, yeah, I mean, when I first started, I never thought I'd make a dollar. And then to have something that was worth a decent amount of money and sell it that I loved so much was really hard. It was tough. It was very emotional and I knew it was going to be, but it really, you know, they all say it's like, it's the toughest year ever after you sell a company. And it really was. And I don't know, the money is is great. And the one of the reasons I sold is I had two young kids yeah. and the cash flow from that business was, it, it was capital intensive, you know, because we would do great, sell millions and millions of clubs, but then we had to go manufacture millions and millions. Like, yeah. so yeah. I had to spend, so I, after a decade of that, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to live like this forever with a young family. Stressful and too. COVID and golf just blew up. Yes. I was like, this is such a unique time for golf. Mm -hmm. And for e-commerce, mm -hmm. I don't know if we'll ever be able to get this valuation ever again. Yeah. This is just, yeah. so yeah. the timing was perfect. And the guys who bought it, I thought they were right fit and we were ready and I was dialed in and uh, it was great. Transaction went well. We closed really fast because I was so dialed in and, and I had delegated almost everything after having my second kid where I was working like four hours a month, which was not how it was before with my first kid. So it made it really transferable so I could sell it and make a good transition. But now I'm still, so now I just ended my employment agreement in August and I'm searching for what to do. You know, I'm helping Chris with the agency. So that's number one focus. You know, I'm messing with some print on demand apparel stuff for skiing. I did, I have a ski design behind me. Got 40 prototypes of skis that I made with UVM. So I, you know, I don't also want to go back into an inventory based <laughs> business. <laughs> But I'm a big skier, you know, and 
Um, but you know, I just have an office. I'm at, you know, I go every day and yeah, uh, trying to bring value where I can to people in ecom. And right now, most of my efforts ecom G because you know I want Chris to win. And, you know, maybe exit at some point to see what that's like. But we're we're not ready for that yet. But it's uh it's a changing landscape for that for sure for D to C as well. Yeah, I'm I'm going to ask it on air, so that's really unfair. But it sounds like Chris would be a wonderfully interesting guest to talk with about email. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he has a whole different perspective. Hopefully, he doesn't uh, talk talk too poorly about me. But it's just like it's like <laughs> I'm already almost on a third party, you know, uh, outside perspective. Yeah. So a lot of our conversations are more like he will tell me what's happening in the business, and he has a lot of limited beliefs of what we can do because he's in the woods he can't see yeah. outside the forest so i'll say like we're like hey we got to systematize so we can scale up and he's like can't be done can't be done and i'm like okay and then i'll just go through it and then guess what it can be done so like we we were really bloated had too many people none of systems so my outside perspective i try to keep it outside so i can come in and say hey we got to systematize this and that and it's like it is very yin and yang because I'm not in the day-to-day fulfillment. Yeah. And they, I do a lot of podcasts to help them get leads. So that's been kind of nice. You know, it's, uh, cause I never had that at bomb tech and it's so easy to get stuck in the business and not realize what the big levers are when you're doing every stuff every day. Yeah. And for me at bomb tech, it was my two kids that really got me out of it Interesting. to actually see and scale and have better systems. To go from 20 hours a day, assembling them myself yeah. to four hours a month, which would have never happened if I had two kids that I had to, you know, go play with and hang with. And I'm fortunate that I have them. And now they're sick of me and I'm coaching everything. And they're like, dude, give me some space. Give me some which space. Is, I'm, <laughs> you can't coach every sport. I'm like, well, fine. But whatever. <laughs> I'm still at practice every day. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Uh, right. You're in Vermont, correct? In Vermont, yeah. So in we're Vermont. we're in hockey season right now, with my oldest, youngest does gymnastics and dance, and we got Cub Scouts and fall baseball and nine nine million things, and I love them all. You know, I uh, I worked in the ski business for about four years. Uh, CIO, oh, nice. yeah, biggest ski company in the world at the time, actually. Um, so I actually unexpectedly in life got it got. An inside look at I, yeah, the resort business, uh, Interwest, ran Whistler Blackcomb, Mammoth Copper, like name it, they, uh-huh. name it. They had a piece of it. Um, someone should DTC disrupt ski, which may be in the back of your head, as you did golf, because it's the same. There, there is. I actually ski with a friend who invented the first twin tip ski. Yeah. And he has his own brand, J Skis. Mm-hmm. That he makes his own design, so I ski with him. I, I I joke that I'm his uh volunteer tester. So he brings me new products. Yeah, like skiing. He's like, hey, try this new ski I designed. So it's like, it's a it's a very interesting business, and yeah. uh, he does a great job. He'd be a good guest. Um, he's in the thick of it right now, but it's very sure. similar to golf. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's a hardcore ski. He was on the you know X Games and all that stuff. But yeah, so we get to ski together and. Um, it, it, skiing is a little different because there's a lot more micro brands. You know, there is a lot of these small, especially snowboards. What's that? Especially snowboards. Snowboards too. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So 
He does well, so I'm Good. happy for Good. him. Good. Yeah. Again, I mean, they're the, they're the brand you can rattle off and here we go, rabbit holing and ski, right? You know, blah, rising all da, 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 da. And then there are niche brands. I actually, I ski on a, I ski on a pair of uh, Stokely's, which is a Swiss brand yeah. from, and my Stokely's are from the, I want to say lots, you know, mid 2000s or something like that when they were still handmade, yeah. which they aren't anymore. And my sons stole my shorter Stokely's. Like somehow they ended up being the, the boys are using. How did you get my Stokely's? You stickers. <laughs> Love it. But it, but it, you know, there are not maybe quite the same stars and television sort of uh, aspect to that business that there is in golf. But the sure. equipment's relatively yeah. expensive. It's darn well a hard good. You're not going to buy a new one every week. Yada 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 yada. Like there's there's some structural short season stuff. though. That's that's the short big season. struggle with skiing. It's yeah. like golf yeah. have we summer was peak by far, but sure. still off season we yeah. still sold a lot of product. I'll bet skiing it's like very yeah weather dependent. Yeah, very short summer yeah. you're dead, spring you're dead. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying golf was better, but we didn't have those seasonality spikes as yeah. As much as skiing. But yeah, I, I thought about that's why I started designing skis. So I was like, man, this could offset golf a little bit when we go into off season. Mm -hmm. We could sell skis. But I'm not I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> I don't need to do that to myself. He says I'm not going down the rabbit hole with you know with ski designs right behind him. That's uh <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. And you'd have to come up with a you know a killer slogan, pull the pin was good, but I don't think it fits yeah. <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that. Um man, what you did you have to learn the working with manufacturers stuff like on the fly? That was such a process for me. I remember I was at a wedding in Florida from one of my buddies from college, a frat brother of mine and roommate. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta go to Skype. It was like three in the morning. I've been drinking all night. I was like, I gotta go talk to the manufacturer. It was like the first ever order. And so like I probably spent, I don't know, ten thousand, twenty thousand hours talking on Skype to our wow. manufacturer and, wow. you know, I'd, I'd put the kids to bed, hang out with the wife, and then I'd be on, you know, on my phone, just on chat at like 10, 30, 11, 30, 12 at night yeah. in bed, trying to get the details of like, oh, I don't like that graphic. Let's try this. The shaft's too weak. The grip's not right. So, I mean, man, manufacturing is no joke. Yeah. Customs, duties, shipping. Yeah. Especially with like COVID, with the delays of, <laughs> of that and forecast inventories. I don't think anyone does it perfect. Um, but I liked when we were leaner on inventory and we would sell out. Mm. You know, and that really helped from cash flow and it helped it helped our email a lot because there was no fake scarcity. Right. It's like we right. fell out of something, it was sold out. It was sold so out. Guess yeah. what? They would know, customers would know. And so when we got something new in, we would say, hey, it's coming. It's really coming. Now it's here. And guess what? We'd sell a ton of them yeah. because they know it would sell out. And that was real. And then the year we sold, I was like, we need, we can't sell out because we need peak season to have enough. So that was a big, in my mind, yeah. a little bit of risk for my capital because uh, yeah. I went so big, uh, but it panned out perfectly. So, but that's, that's really the beast of any, Econ brands, cash flow, capital, yeah. um, and deal with manufacturers. I was very fortunate to get an introduction to a great manufacturer out of the gate. Um, and it just all worked out. But it, I had to pay someone to introduce me. And, you know, and we had a good design. But it's it's not. And that was the thing with skis. I couldn't find a ski that was a material that was 
competitive enough with what was on the market that was light enough and stiff enough. So I was like, you know what? They're good, but they're not great. And I'm not going to go to market unless it's truly great. So that was at least my perspective on that. But manufacturing, it's a full-time thing when you get started, especially because there's so much back and forth to get the product, at least for me, to to be good and, and to be ready for market. So it's not, I wish you could say it's easy to do, but my story was Mm-mm. not easy, um, but it worked out. I, 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 I think Elon Musk made the phrase when he was talking about early days at Tesla, that making the machine that makes the machine is actually the hard part in manufacturing. Yeah, the factory. He didn't go to that level, but he's a he's a whole other beast. Yeah, Yeah, he's 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 a he's a whole other beast, and uh, I'm guessing he's on Skype at you know two in the morning still. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah. So, aside from continuing work with Chris, any other stuff kind of catching the corner of your eye? Like, wow, that's interesting. Like writing a book? Maybe? I mean, I have tried a couple things. So I, I, I did go down the AI rabbit hole a little bit with a blog where we yeah. started to do some AI stuff. Didn't didn't do great. Um, I was going to do like a bowling company, but then didn't want to get it manufactured because I bowl, you know, every Wednesday. And, you know, so right now I'm messing around with something I thought I'd never do, which is print on demand. Uh, with, you know, just designing apparel, um, you know, basic sweatshirts, hoodies, and just seeing, because that industry is really interesting to me because the cash flow perspective is like, I can do it like a custom coffee mug with your name on it or whatever, but you get the order, then you, then you make it. it made. So yeah. for me that, and I don't have to ship the product myself. So it's like, how can I use some of what I've done over these years outside of helping with the agency, which is our biggest lever, you know, that, that should be my main focus, but it's very interesting that you can sell something and have positive cash flow yes. without having to hold inventory. So yes. I yeah. haven't proven it out yet, but uh, it's called Outside Humor is what I just called it. And I started like an Etsy store, which is weird. Um, and we'll see. I may, I may do a Shopify store of like the best sellers if I get best sellers and do Facebook yeah. ads. But yeah. I'm not sure yet, but at least I like the designing of the, of the products and stuff yeah. and it's tough not to. It's tough to golf every day and ski every day. It sounds crazy to say. No, no, like no. I an I, idiot to say that, but yeah. it's uh, you gotta do something. You know, you gotta work a little bit, um, or you'll go crazy. Yeah, I when I was at I was at Microsoft in the '90s and saw people who were there at the right time. You know, stock options, etc. Like punch out and almost verbatim. Yeah, I love to snowboard, but I'm the only guy snowboarding every day. And after a while, it's like right. in the butt. <laughs> yeah. I know all my friends are still working. So I have a crew of guys at the golf course are 70. Yeah. They're all retired. Sure. Yeah. You know, and and that's cool. And it was nice when everyone's working remote and like not working because I had a bunch of people to hang out with. And a couple of my friends, this was, they ended up getting jobs, but they got laid off this summer and had a severance. Yeah. So we got to golf a ton together, which is cool. Nice. nice. But uh, now they're back to work. So I'm like, yeah. all right. But I go to the office. I try to put in the hours. And, yeah. you know, I think once when you find something that you're just doing anyways, and it's just like enjoyable, and that's how golf was for me, mm-hmm. that's how you know. You know, yeah. like, so it's like this thing where if you try to sell whatever's trending, and this is my always my example. It's like, I, I don't know anything about women's leggings, right? But women's leggings are a hot thing. They're trending. You can't sell something that you just 
that's trending. You know, you got to sell something you know and are passionate about, and, and that you'll never feel like work. And that's how I was able to work 20 hours a day. You know, although I was working, it wasn't working. You know, it's hard to explain. But so that's what I'm looking for. And, you know, had designing these silly t-shirts and stuff. And what am I doing? I'm doing ski, ski apparel. And then some fishing stuff because my son likes to fish. You know, it's just stuff we talk about and do anyways. And I can talk to him like, hey, let's design a shirt about whatever. Like, what do you want to do? So him and I started designing our own lures. We have a little sketchbook and he draws his lures. And, you know, so stuff like that is where I'm trying to go, you know? No, oh, wow. Fascinating. Uh, I want to track back to AI for a sec just to get your reaction to something. I read uh, Mustafa Suleiman's book, um, The Coming Wave, which is about AI. He's the DeepMind co-founder. Okay. And he said, we need an update on, on, on uh, the Turing test. The Turing test was if, if eventually you could be typing back and forth and not realize there was a computer on the other end, that, that's, that would have passed the test. He said, I think the new Turing test needs to be give your AI a budget of $100,000. Done. And say, go make a million. <laughs> and it made me think, like with, with print on demand, right? Like there's going to be a point five years out, less than that, where I'm going to look at something on a screen and go, wow, gee, maybe I want or need that. It, the thing probably doesn't exist. It's probably going to be on demand if I order it. There may not even be a company behind it, right? In an AI generating. I, I, I have those thoughts too. And I'm like, this is too too intense for me to even think about because I'm like, why do I even work? If it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So like, wow. I have messed with the AI with designs and stuff yeah. and like slogans and wording. Hasn't been even close to good at this point for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like half of what I'm doing is a creative outlet. Yeah. Where I'm like, I enjoy doing it. So if that if that can really happen, then does money matter? You know, if you can just say, hey, here, make the, you know, so I like, get too deep in this, like, yeah. well, then no one needs to work. And yeah. then like, I don't know. So it's like, because yeah. I went down that AI rabbit hole, like, and I, and I tested it with a, my own personal blog and wrote a bunch of blogs and, you know, it was so much editing and it wasn't like my perspective and they didn't rank well. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm sure I kind of do what's fun. If it works out, cool. If not, no big deal. I don't know that we'll ever lose our sense for authenticity. Um, yeah, and I think that's what is missing because you ask certain prompts and it's like, yeah, give me an idea. They've come up with one ski slogan, can't remember what it was, but yeah. it was like close, but it still didn't make sense. Yeah. You know, so it's, I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'm sure a year from now we'll be like, dude, I can't believe you said that. That made it's yeah, it, 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 it is. It is. Yeah, it is going to change fast. And and sidebar, but I, 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 I a lot of my time is actually uh, writing code. That's actually falls in the domain of things okay. I enjoy. And having a, a intern slash uh, teacher at my fingertips is darn useful. I got to say, I'm like, For sure. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's it's awesome. But it it's more helping me learn how to do something it's certainly not a substitute for doing the whole thing because i'd have to articulate the prompt coherently enough to say write the whole thing for me which means i'd understand the problem so yeah right yeah it is going to be <laughs> it is going to be a wild ride though um wow i knew this was going to be fun <laughs> i i i i i love that you've kept a loyal you know foot slash hand 
in in the agency, I I think that's a real asset and bringing that outside perspective to how that business works. Um, that's a different awesome. business. It's it's really interesting because you yeah. get to see what other brands are going through. And, yeah, you know, I think that's the advantage of having working with an agency. Like when, at Bombtech, we had all agencies: we had paid agency, CRO agency, SEO, email, and they were they were siloed as the experts in each. Yeah, but each one of those experts had like a small shop, sub forty clients. But the the reason I worked with agency is is number one, if I had someone in the house that was really good, and they left, I'm screwed. And you know, it was more variable cost too. Like I them on performance, and it would scale up if we're spending more. But it really, they are working across many accounts and have different insights than if you're the only one inside the business. So it was actually more cost effective. It just it it just made sense. So it's yeah. it's a really cool business, and it's great from a cash flow standpoint. It does it is tougher to scale. It's hard to scale. Got yeah, people. Yeah. So it's like I love it for the cash flow, but we've had you know we've been trying to break through and scale up for a long time. It's like we kind of after almost seven years, like hey, this is the business, this is our sweet spot. Yeah, and life's good, and so just kind of make it better, and you know, work with great clients and. And ecom and it's uh it's a cool thing yeah well yeah you're also more subject to the vagaries of client demands in an agency business where you could ignore the not ignore where you could yeah. sort of factor the statistical feedback from the golf customer base and say oh yeah we're gonna go with the chipper you yep. didn't you didn't have to go okay i'll make that just for you and with a direct client business when they have some quirky crazy idea you're like okay that's why I'm not in the day-to-day -day fulfillment. You know, that's Chris's. You can go deep with him if you bring him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clients, but he's just such a, he's perfect for that because he's so chill, even keel. I'm like, dude, can you get mad at me about something? If we never <laughs> in our entire relationship ever got fired up. And I'm like, dude, you should hit me. Do something. He's just so mellow. Yeah. And that's why he's so good at what he does. He's just like, something's on fire. Something happened. He's like, it's all good. I'm like, dude, teach me that. Cause I'm the, yeah, I'm yeah. so yeah. emotional, fiery. And that's how I break through walls with certain stuff. And he's just like, so chill. So we're very, yin and yang. Yeah. works out well for us. That's you know? awesome. That's awesome. Well, let me get, let you get back to skis and contemplating the universe <laughs> and whatnot. And, and I want to say, I really, really appreciate you. It took us a bunch of logistics to actually find a time to talk Thank but you. I really appreciate you making that. the time yeah it was yeah, fun glad, glad we could do it cool um hey last question sully where if someone's listening and they say oh ecom growers i want to talk to them where do they find them yeah so ecomgrowers.com cool. also i'm on linkedin too uh tyler sully sullivan if they want to reach out to me or yeah. they can email me sully s-u-l-l-y at ecomgrowers.com that's that's the best way to get a hold of me i think that's i'm down to like only a couple emails now before I had like 50 email accounts, 50 email so I'm getting accounts. used to having like one or two. So it's yeah. it's a different world. But All right. Well, Tyler Sully Sullivan, it's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.